Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks, and welcome to Season 3 of uh, Wisdom of Friends, and I'm your host, Cal Aras. And I'm really excited today to be introducing you to a very dear friend of mine. Her name is Krista Dalka. Now, Krista is a senior leader in the recruiting and consulting industry. She helps find people the job of their dreams and saves clients hundreds of hours by finding the right match the first time around. She loves empowering people to go after what they want and having them see how great they are. She has mentored uh, many struggling teenage girls over the years, and all of them are now in their 20s and 30s with successful careers. She also leads the self-expression and leadership program for Landmark Education, which is a program that teaches people how to create a community project that makes a difference with large groups of people in their lives. Creating communities empowering leadership, and living a fun, adventurous life is what Krista is all about. This is really a fascinating conversation, friends, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So please pull up a chair and listen in. And without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Krista Dalka. Good afternoon, uh, Krista. Welcome to another episode of uh, Wisdom of Friends show. I'm really excited that you took some time to be on this program. And let me start off with my first impressions of you. This was almost uh, five years ago when I attended a program called the Self-Expression and Leadership Program that you led in Seattle. And uh, what I was instantly stuck by was your amazing stand for people. You know, you're one of those few people that I've met in life who listen to people for their greatness. Your stand for the community and your incredible communication and leadership skills is something that I thought was just amazing and I am so off off uh, what you do for the society and the uh, and the community at large. So really, really excited that uh, you have taken the time to be on the show and welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show. Great. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. So one of the ways, uh, Krista, we uh, start off our show is by asking our guest a very simple question, and that is, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by, and how have you applied it to your life? Um, it would probably be uh, treat others <laughs> as you want to be treated yourself, um, and how that how that's played out is just my my interest in making a difference with really anybody that I interact with. Um, being in sales, you know, I'm always problem solving with my clients. Um, uh, you know, I, I live in a community home. I remodeled my home and moved my parents in and my boyfriend lives with me and his daughter moved in, right? We're, we're a three generations living together and there's a lot of communication and collaboration, but there really is this philosophy about, you know, giving, you give, it's like you give first and then it comes back to you. Mm, I like that. It's about really uh, treating others the way you would like to be Mm -hmm. treated. And, and it's uh, really what I'm hearing you say is, uh, you know, it's what you give back to the society comes back to you in abundance. Mm -hmm. And that's been my own personal experience as well. Now, I know that you have a terrific bio looking at uh, your uh, background. You're an executive recruiter and also uh, a self-expression leader in the community. And and we'll get into that uh, a little bit as we further go down the podcast road here. But what I'm curious about is where did you grow up and how would you describe your childhood? Yeah, I grew up, I was born in Corvallis, Oregon. And I grew up there and then we moved to eastern Washington in uh, Richland in the Tri-Cities. And both my parents were uh, professors, so they actually met at Stanford, and they're both, they both have PhDs. My dad's a mechanical engineer, and my mom is a speech pathologist. So, well, 
life, lifelong learning would be, I think, what is they've really instilled in us. Um, the other thing about my growing up was we, my dad, our whole family were bike racers when I was, I started when I was seven. So we learned about discipline and training. My dad was my, was my coach. And I actually, gosh, 1976, I participated in the national championships. Um, Marymore Park, around the velodrome there, the um, bike race, bike race track. Um, and I came in sixth. Um, so, you know, um, doing things together as a family, um, working hard, um, doing really well in school and continuing to always excel. I have an older brother who's just a year and a half older and he, um, it was very similar. We're very close. So we had a a really great growing up experience and it's not even a surprise right now that my parents in essence still live with me. My brother and sister-in-law live in, in Seattle also. And so we're still close as a family. No, that's so great. It seems like family's been a really important, significant uh, factor in your life. And uh, the other thing I'm curious about, just for the benefit of the audience, uh, Krista has been in the recruiting and consulting industry for 20 years now. And one of the things that she's really passionate about is helping people find the job of their dreams and saving clients hundreds of hours finding the right match. And... uh, and just to give an example, one of the project manager consultants that she placed in the year 2012 reached out to her and said that he had such a great experience working with her and then the K4s team. And, and, and the example of that is the boss that he was working for uh, calls him up even uh, now twice a week and just to ask what new adventures or <laughs> miracles did he cause today. And it's such a amazing uh, bonding and amazing way of looking at life because I think what what you do is not just on a professional matchmaking thing, but you really help them find their job satisfaction and contentment because oftentimes if you look at uh, today's uh, global uh, corporate marketplace, you know, there's 80% of the people are disengaged in their jobs. That was a recent Gallup study mm-hmm. that was done. And it's uh, it's so critical that, you know, it's such an important thing that you do is to, you know, helping find people that are passionate about what they do, they're competent, and then, you know, have, have, having them uh, find the right fit in an organization. So my question to you is, is this something that you always knew that you wanted to do or how did this journey unfold for you and how did this come about for you? Uh, so such a great question. It, it wasn't. It wasn't something I even knew. The industry now, you can go to college and actually get a degree in recruiting or some sort. I mean, I've heard because it's such a growing industry, but 20 years ago, it was not known. So I was in hotel management at the time. And the way that the way that I found K-Force was such it, it, it's a really great story. So it's fun that you asked. So I was um, traveling with Marriott. It was a traveling internal consultant and I loved it, but I was making very little money and traveling a lot. So I just started to look. I told my boss I was going to start to look because I really wanted something in Seattle. And within six months, it took about six months, I... Um, got a phone call from an old employee of mine that said, Krista, I have a sense you want to leave Marriott. And I said, well, that's funny. I do. And he said, well, I just started working at this company by the name of K-Force. And I said, really? It's technology recruiting. And I said, well, I've kind of been, that kind of seems like a good match. I'm leaving for a trip, but why don't I call you when I get back in a week? And he said, great. And that was Sunday night. Then on Monday, I was in the airport flying to San Jose and I ended up talking to this woman next to me, Kristen. And guess what company she works for? K-Force. K-Force. <laughs> yes. Now, I didn't get her name at the time because she had to jump up and take a phone call. But I thought, oh, I'll catch her when I'm in San Jose. And so I tried to find her, couldn't find her. I was like, oh. Um, but that next night, I went to dinner with a friend in Los Gatos. And her next door neighbor called her and said, you got to come over and celebrate. I just got a promotion at work. And guess what company she works for? Hmm, K-Force. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the reason that Kristen was flying down was to go to a presentation that Carissa, this next-door neighbor, was was doing. And when I told her my kind of long story, she said, oh, my gosh, we've got this manager role in Seattle. It's been open for three months. I think it's yours. And literally within three days, I had interviews with five different directors, and I was hired. That is amazing. So I didn't know until then. And then that journey has been, you know, a very... 
you know, just a very great, long, lots of stuff that's happened. I started as a recruiter and then I'd say, you know, 10 years in, so it's been about 10 years that I moved into a sales role based on the direction of my boss at the time. So, um, being at the right place at the right time, being open and, um, allowing contribution from the universe, I like to say. <laughs> no, that is so great. And I think, uh, you know, as somebody once said it, you know, it's not just b- by being the right uh, place at the right time, but you also got to be the right you to be at the able right time. Mm-hmm. at the right time mm-hmm. to be able to, uh, you know, uh, allow the universe to make a contribution to you. And I also understand uh, recently uh, you broke some records of the company and that allowed you to uh, take a trip to Mexico or was that South America? Yeah. Tell, tell us about that accomplishment. Actually, this is funny. I'm, um, I've am i always been a top performer. So for of the 20 years, I think there's 18 of those years that I have gone on these really great performance trips. So, and we've been to Monte Carlo, we've been to Hawaii, we've been to Costa Rica, we've been to Puerto Rico, we've been to Mexico. Um, I'd say last year, 2016, uh, is a year that I did not, I did not do well. It was probably the worst financial year of my life. And there's maybe more to share about that, but, but I really turned things around. And instead of quitting, which I really was thinking about doing, I, really, I'm staying. I've made some really great requests and I'm staying and I'm planning. I'm not going to, I didn't qualify last year, but to, in 2017, I'm not going to qualify. But 2018, I'm on track to get my business back to qualify for that awards trip and go in the beginning of 2019. That is, that is such a great uh, story. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, we've had so many uh, amazing uh, folks here on this show. And uh, one of the common through lines, or if you will, the themes that we've noticed is, uh, these are highly accomplished people, very successful at what they do, but they've also encountered incredible challenges mm-hmm. in their lives. And one of the things that I've noticed is that they do not view challenges as failures or setbacks. In fact, their point of view when they have a challenge or a first failure is they use it as a stepping stone for something even bigger. So my question to you, Krista, is what were one or two biggest challenges that you faced in your life and how did you overcome it? And how have those lessons helped you navigate life going forward? Well, I would say that it is when you encounter encounter failure. And I've plenty, plenty of times. So I let me give you the scenario for 2016 because it does paint a pretty good picture. And there's been many others before that. <laughs> but I'm very... Um, uh, I don't know who you become when you go through a failure is pretty profound. So what happened last year was we, um, as a company have gone through a lot of, um, management changes and I was given a new boss that didn't really understand healthcare, which is the vertical that I'm in. And I wasn't getting the level of support that I needed. Um, and I was also dealing with some back-end billing problems. We had a, a client that was overbilled by like $650,000, which is a lot. And I, I had commission problems, commissions that I, that I was not paid. And I went to my boss to get the resolution and he just, he, I, he, I wasn't a priority. He just said, I don't have time to manage what you need. So I went to his boss and I didn't get what I needed. And I just, then I just got frustrated. And I, it's funny because I did work through it, but for a couple of months there, I was very stagnant and not moving things forward because I was so upset and frustrated. And then, um, I actually went to a training that our company hosted because they went through, we went through a whole sales transformation and the training was really great. And at that training, I had the opportunity to talk to the COO. And I just basically said to her, Kai, I'm, you know, I've been here 20 years. I really don't want to leave, but I'm dealing with commission problems. I'm dealing with some billing problems that I can't get resolved. Oh, and by the way, we've lost 38 people in our office. And so the morale in our office is not doing great. So could you provide me some support? And she said, give me 30 minutes. And within 30 minutes, a VP of operations tapped me on the shoulder at this training. And within a month, I had um, a check cut for $650,000, which we presented to the CFO of our client, and we apologized and restored our integrity with them. And they were so impressed of our level of giving back the money that we inadvertently um, overbilled them. And then I got all the commissions paid back. And then I also made a request. I report to a different leader who focuses in healthcare, and he's not in our market. He's in San Diego. But I was granted that request. 
And um, since then, it's like I'm still working in the same office, but I just have a different boss. But I'm able to bring now a new whole new level of excitement and enthusiasm because I got stuff resolved and I still get to be an influence to this office. It still is dealing. We're still dealing with the same level of turnover right now. There's still some real challenges in hiring the right people and keeping people and training them. And But I still get to influence um, people in my office. So it's like I've started a new job again. You know, here I am 2017, completely, you know, I have some new accounts. So I'm just really taking on things newly and putting the past in the past. That is that is incredible. And I think what I'm hearing you share a couple of things. One, that what a great company that uh, takes personal responsibility and then uh, restores integrity with their clients and uh, how many companies that you can today speak about in such a way. I mean, it's such a, sounds like a great company to work mm-hmm. for. And the second thing is, you know, a lot of people have trouble taking ownership and uh, of situations where they're dealt with, with no fault of their own. They end up in situations and oftentimes they suppress themselves to even... Uh, make a point and uh, get get the attention to the issue at hand. But you didn't do that. You kind of like uh, stepped up to the plate and you basically uh, uh, took it to the powers to be to have a clean uh, cut discussion about what needed to be done and really took the initiative to uh, restore integrity. And that's leadership, in my opinion. And I think a lot of our audiences can learn from this example that oftentimes we are dealt with challenges and choices, and it's always yeah. the right thing that uh, to do is to, you know, uh, be in integrity and restore integrity wherever it's needed. Uh, and th- this is so great, Krista, and I'm going to kind of like dig a little further mm-hmm. here, is, you know, the next question I have for you is, what's your favorite failure? And what I mean by that is the failure that turned into a major success down the road. You know, for example, I'll uh, give you an example just to... You know, when I was in my undergrad, I had this opportunity to come to the U.S. Uh, to complete my undergrad. That I did my first freshman and sophomore back in the engineering college I was in India. And then the junior and uh, senior year here in another uh, university. And that was something that I wanted to do. And uh, for some reason, I just did not get the visa. And that was like really hard on me because all my friends that I was with, you know, they were all leaving for, uh, you know, different countries and exploring uh uh, different opportunities, and I was like stuck. I felt stuck. However, what happened was two years later, when I graduated, I ended up coming here for a master's program mm-hmm. with a scholarship, and uh, and that turned out to be really a blessing in disguise because I would have carried unnecessary student loans had I come two years earlier. So oftentimes, when you look back, things that seem like a setback, things that uh, things that seem like a challenge back then it turns into like a really a blessed opportunity when you go forward. So is there like some moments in your life, can you describe? Sure. Or? Uh, so the, I have two of them. One of them's personal, right? One of them's actually my relationship that I'm in now with Scott. And the other one's business. So I don't know. Do you have a... Yeah, let's hear about you it. Got it. Either or both? Yeah, both. Okay, let's... both. Okay. Um, so I think it's interesting. The biggest the failure would be my... In terms of relationships, so personal relationships. So I'm now with the most amazing man, Scott Murray. You know, we're... Uh, we've been together for a year and a half. And what I can see that um, kept me from being in relationships, because really he, I'm 51, he's the first man that I've really ever been with, that I really wanted to be with. Because when I was really young, I decided that I was unwanted, unlovable, and an accident. You know, seven years old in the hospital waiting room with my mom, because my brother had a surgery. And she says to me, you know, isn't that funny? You know, we had Paul and a year, you know, and the told, doctors told us not to have any more kids for a while because of his cleft palate and the amount of work that he needed. And isn't that funny? A year later, you showed up. And from that one discussion, one that one conversation, I decided I was un, unwanted. And I lived my life being that way, which in relationships would have me if I wanted to be with somebody or saw someone I wanted to be with, I would assume that they would never want to be with me. So I would never go after that kind of a person. So I always dated men that I didn't like. Or I I thought, well, is this, is, this might be as good as it gets. And I was always um, disappointed. And most of the time I ended the relationship. And so only until I really could kind of interrupt that kind of automatic programming that I gave myself 
I even remember seeing Scott for the first time in 2013, I think it was. And I, I immediately, my first impression of him was he was, I'd love to go out with him. But I said to myself, oh, he'll never go out with me. <laughs> and uh, for four years, I didn't, I kind of distanced myself from him, even though we, te- you know, we went to classes together and I saw him from time to time. So it took me in a conversation when he finally came up and talked to me. You know, he said, hey, Krista, you know, what have you, what have you been up to? I've kind of heard you've been dating. How's all that going? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not dating. I'm not interested in dating. I have no interest in dating. Life is fine. It's good. <laughs> but in that moment, I realized yeah. I was lying. And I even said to Scott, oh, my gosh, Scott, that is the biggest lie. Mm. And he said, ha. And I said, really, do you want to know the truth? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, well, I've liked you for three years. Mm. And if you asked me out, I would say yes. And he said, oh, well, are, are you out with me? <laughs> he was so excited. And we set up a first date and, you know, we've been together ever since. So, you know, when you're honest with yourself about where you've been lying, miracles can happen. And that's what happened for me. That is that is beautiful, really beautiful. And I think uh, um, just to uh, give a little uh, background here, uh, Krista, you've been dating Scott now who's for since February 2016, and you've really been a big stand for it. Do you want to share a little bit about Yeah. So Scott, when I first started dating him, um, had stage, well, was just diagnosed with stage four, moved to stage four. He'd had cancer for three years, but he has sarcoma cancer, which is a bone cancer, and it had just um, metastasized. So he went into stage four, and the doctors gave him uh, really three to six months to live. And at that point, we he chose, and then together we took on, chose to step out of the medical community and really look at how we can, uh, you know, heal Scott himself. In fact, you know, if we look at our, our relationship together, you know, we're here together to heal the planet and heal people. And, um, you know, looking at your health is the first step. So uh, now from, he went, had 40 tumors and a year and a half later, now he's got two left, um, one's in his spine. So there's some, he has quite a bit of pain with that, but we've been using diet supplement supplements and then uh, a hyperbaric chamber, um, to really eradicate the cancer. And it's made a huge difference. And then just through all the work that, that he's done, you know, I'm, I've been, made a, a real radical change in my own health, even though I don't have any necessarily long-term health problems. I've had some skin issues that have gone away, and it's been really fantastic, and we get to now share about that, and um, and him being an active cancer patient, it, it just shows you can, li- you can live with diseases, and you can have a full life as you're recovering, so... No, that is that is so great, and it's a, really a story of empowerment mm-hmm. and empowering each other to really uh, tap into uh, the inf- infinite power potentiality of what is possible as a couple, as an individual. You know, when life throws challenges at it, you can look at it two ways: you can make a mountain out of a molehill, or you can make have it stop you in life, or you can kind of like take up a uh, challenge and say, okay, I'm I'm bigger than that, and I can mm-hmm. I can really take a stand for that. And I think it seems like you and Scott uh, met Scott, and uh, you two make such a wonderful couple. So it's really amazing. Uh, the other question, uh, and you were talking about your business. Yeah. Uh, so this this is this is um, it's one of my <laughs> I want to say it's one of my favorite failures because you can look back on it and laugh. You know, during it, it's not so fun. But um, one of my clients is University of Washington Medicine. And in 2010, I think, or 11, um, we were a, a approved vendor for a particular um, a clinical implementation. And um, I'm um, to, to place project manager. So we were the preferred project manager vendor for a, a period of three years. And during the course of that time, I met with the PMO director Every single month, like it was really an, a great opportunity to to just get a heads up on what was happening and develop a relationship and really understand the skill set. And um, over the course of the last year, it was funny, it was, it was a three-year relationship, a three-year contract, but it was the last year that I met with Jake every month. We placed zero people. We had interviews. We had we, sometimes we came the number were the number second candidate, but we literally had zero 
placements. And I remember at the end of the year and at the end of the contract time frame, it was a December and I met with him. <laughs> I said to him, well, Jake, this has been one of the biggest failures of my career. And I really just want to thank you for the opportunity to get to know you and, you know, meeting with you every month. And even though we didn't make any placements with you this year, we're on the whole three years, you know, this has been really valuable for me. And, you know, I really just want to acknowledge you and thank you for your time and commitment. And he said, yeah, you bet. And he said, oh, and by the way, there is going to be another, um, you know, uh, RFP coming out in the next six months. And Krista, you've been so great to work with. I'll just keep you posted on it. So you make sure you get it so that you can, you can, you know, apply for it. So the cool thing is when that came out, I knew about it ahead of time. And we um, are now approved vendors again for a different project. And we haven't made any placements there yet because they haven't really started hiring. But the point is, you get the point. The point is that through that, the relationship was built where I could continue um, to work with them in the future. Yeah, and that could lead to more opportunities yeah. down the road. So that's that's great. And I, for the benefit of the audience, RFP is request for proposals. And uh, so uh, this this is incredible, Krista. And I also want to kind of like uh, talk about a little bit of your another dimension of your incredible life. I know that you've mentored uh, many struggling teenagers over the years and uh, in their 20s and 30s now who have ended up having successful careers including your daughter, Whitney. Tell us about that. Oh, my gosh. So, Whitney, well, this is interesting because, you know, here I've met Scott and, um, you know, I've always wanted to have, I always wanted to be married with kids. I always wanted to have my own family. And um, because of the, because of that decision I told you about being unwanted, I never, I never been married. So what I did was I created my own family. Again, this is before I met Scott. So this is, uh, you know, a number of years ago. But I, I mentored Whitney as a troubled teen and I ended up adopting her when she was 17. So, um, and of course my, my parents lived with me at the time. So we kind of had, we had a family unit. So, and she, Whitney is now 29. So the journey has been amazing. And I think sometimes I wondered if she was ever going to turn out because, you know, I, you know, she had to learn responsibility and, and whatnot. Um, but just last week, she called me and she said, hey, mom, can I stay with you? Now, she lives in, in Lakewood down in Tacoma. She said, can I stay with you for the week? Because I've just taken a new job at Swedish Medical Group. She's going to be a patient financial representative front desk and um, on the track to becoming a supervisor. And my um my, you know, my training is downtown and it would be easier if I could, because I live in West Seattle, stay with you. So I've got to spend the last week with her. Oh, by the way, she's also a licensed massage therapist mm. because she took on massage therapy school and she got her state license, license exam. So of course she gave me a massage last week and she also <laughs> is going to school to become a physical therapist because she really sees the opportunity of kind of combining massage, physical therapy and her work as a patient financial representative. She's gotten married. She's you know, financially um, got herself sorted out, bought a car. I mean, it's it's really um, a testament to who she's become. And I mean, obviously, some of the some of it's some of the influence that I've had. But it's it's like I've been able to watch her become her own young woman, and she's so happy and excited about life. Um, so I'm just really proud of her. Well, that is great, excellent, and. Uh... And I've met uh, Whitney, and she has uh, turned out to be really amazing. Uh, and uh, it's incredible what she's doing with her career and with her life. And all kudos to you for raising such a wonderful uh, daughter. Uh, my next question to you is, Krista, I know you're also a self-expression and leadership program uh, leader uh, for Landmark Education. And uh, one of the things that you're passionate about is creating communities and empowering leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that journey. What what about that role that I know it's a fully volunteer a role that you've taken on. You don't get paid for any of that, but it it, it provides you with something bigger than what a financial uh, payoff could. Mm-hmm. So tell us tell us about what stimulates you about taking on such a big challenge in your life when you got all these different things going on, 
And how do you find time to do something like this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you find time for the things that are important, right? There's there's only 24 hours in the day. So what what you know what are what are each of you doing with the time that you have? We're only on this planet for a short period of time, really. Um, so I, I guess what I would say is, you know, find your passion. And when I found that leading the self-expression leadership program was my passion. Like it's what I'm passionate about. It made it easy. And it's not like an, it's not easy to do necessarily, but it's worth it. Because the other thing is that I, I, I basically put myself in a situation where I'm like, I'm bigger than the role of a self-expression leadership program leader is bigger than Krista. So who I have to become is, is just, I get to see my greatness. Um, and I can't be small and I get to empower people and really it's so rewarding when people in these programs, which, you know, Cal, you were in one of my programs. In fact, you were in the biggest program. Some of these programs are 20 people and some of them are a hundred. So empowering people to really take on their own life and have them have a life that's so fulfilling is the most, it's like the most fulfilling thing for me. Again, it's that you give back, you give, I give to them and then it comes back tenfold. It is, it is incredible. And I can be a testament to that because I've had such an incredible experience being in your program. And, and, and just for the benefit of the audience, what this program really does is it really helps you create a life of joy, peace, and full self-expression. And the idea behind it is, you know, oftentimes we lead our lives thinking about ourselves, our, our projects, our, our journey, our career and all that. And this program is so counterintuitive because it totally shifts everything on its head and says you're not going to be working on a project for yourself, but in fact, you're going to choose a project that's for uh, the community, or mm-hmm. that's for outside of you, something that's uh, bigger than you. And a lot of people end up choosing projects that have made such a profound difference in the world. Um, I know that uh, my global contribution initiative and the Celebrating Mastery event that I do annually came out of that program. Mm-hmm. I also know that a lot of these uh, amazing uh, projects that we know of today, like Habitat for Humanity and Hunger Projects and all that, and uh, you know, these have had some sourcing out of the self-expression and leadership. So it is an incredible program, and I can uh, definitely uh, speak, uh, uh, really speak highly of that. Can I can I share my current project? Yes, yeah, it's so awesome. So, and it's it's inside my work community. Um, so the project is called Wonder Women Unite, and it is a an acknowledgement, appreciation, and networking event for all of the women clients that I've worked with for 20 years. And I'm hosting it on October 18th, and it will be uh, downtown at a at a um, venue called the Cambia Grove. And what um, it's a possibility of growth and expansion. And I think what I'm most excited about is I know that inside a community, anything is possible. So what I'm asking is each woman, and I'm expecting between 50 and 75 women to attend. You have to invite about 150. Um, and personally, I at least have, I think, 75 that I'm personally inviting, and I'm asking everybody to bring one or two other colleagues. But also the event will be a discussion, and I'm asking each woman to bring something, a goal they want to fulfill or a dream or something they really want to have happen in their life. And then the evening will be about the conversations with all these women and their six degrees of separation to have those dreams be fulfilled. And there'll be a LinkedIn group for follow-up so we can follow up on the results and, and who knows what will come out of it from, from there. So No, that's the beauty of this project because it's so open-ended that it can yeah. lead to something amazing that we haven't even thought of. Uh, and we'll definitely include all of that information in our show notes for people to know more about it. Uh, now, moving on to our uh, next question, which is finding your passion. And Krista, earlier you mentioned about like find a Find something that you're really passionate about. I know that uh, this is a question that we often get on this show from our audiences is, you know, how do we know we found a calling? How do we find our passion? And I know that you personally took a trip to the Middle East. Was it Israel Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago? Mm -hmm. And uh, you had like an epiphany or a breakthrough that really uh, tied it back to this journey that you began here as part of the self-expression leader. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and... How could people really uh, find, find their, their own passion? passion? Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, so it's kind of, that's a two-part question. But um, when I went to Israel, uh, what I really discovered, and I, 
is is I'm I'm a woman of faith and I I don't know. It's kinda like before I went, I thought you have to go somewhere to have a conversation with God or you know but it's it's he's with you all the time. Mm. So that was like the epiphany. Just that it's it's not like I have to go some I don't have to go to Israel to to find a conversation with God. You can he's right here right now. I can have a conversation anywhere, anytime with him. So that was the, the epiphany. Um, and I think there's so many different avenues for finding your passion. I just, I just know that you'll know when you find it. And so what I would say is you got to keep looking until you find it. So for me, it opened up when I took the Landmark Forum. You know, I was 40 years old. That was 11 years ago. And inside Landmark's curriculum for living... It, it's it, the, the kind of the format of the courses that really unlocks your potential and really has you look at who you are really, what is your life for. Um, and so that was my kind of unlocking of my passion to become a self-expression and leadership program leader. And there's many other venues, but I mean, that was the quickest, easiest three day, three day course that did it for me. Definitely. And that, <laughs> that's so great. And it's really, I like what you, what you said earlier about you know, it's like uh, finding uh, God within, and it's like the kingdom of heaven is within you. <laughs> it's within you, exactly. Uh, as the saying goes. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's so great. And uh, so my next question to you is, we're going to kind of like uh, take a uh, walk down the memory lane, your childhood days, uh, Krista. Uh, were, were there any specific people that you idolized, that you uh, looked up to, that you wanted to emulate? And if so... Is there somebody in your uh, childhood days you want to kind of like give a shout out to that's made a profound difference in your life? Um, yeah, teachers. Yeah, or, I was going to say it's funny. I was. It's always it's always teachers and bosses. I feel like I, I feel like I've been surrounded with such support all of my life. Like it's a like a level of protect being protected and just support li- lifted up. So I mean. Mrs. Altman, Mr. Faddis, I mean, my science teacher, he's coming to mind in, in high school, was one of my favorites. Um, and probably, in, maybe not in, what, what I'm thinking, who I'm thinking about are kind of my, my bosses when I worked for Marriott. I had just, you know, Mary Darling was, and Scott Pazvistak and Rick Tupper, those three managers of mine were the general managers, were just the best support. Um, no, that's great. And what were specific qualities about them that you really uh, were fascinated about mm-hmm. and that spoke to you and you wanted to like really uh, imbibe in yourself? Um, let's see. Probably that they, there was an element of them believing in me even when I didn't and that they would push me when I maybe wasn't interested in pushing myself. but but I was interested in, in what they had to say. It's like they could see something in me that I couldn't see. And so then I just became a better manager or a better person or a better student um, by kind of being in, being in there listening. That sounds kind of funny, but, but, but be, taking their, their opinion of me versus my own. No, that is, that is incredible. And I think that's a, such an important aspect for our younger generation is to surrounding themselves with people that they look up to mm-hmm. and mentors and because, you know, sometimes we may not have our own uh, confidence in our own abilities, but when somebody else uh, gives us that belief until we develop our own, it exactly. can be such a game changer for all of us. So it's great that uh, you had the opportunity to surround yourself with uh, amazing mentors. Uh, I know that you're into running, and uh, what are your favorite hobbies, Krista? And, uh, <laughs> when you when you get time. To when do I get time, well, yeah, I have a running group. Every Sunday morning we run, and what's great is it's so social, right? And we run different locations all around Seattle. We never run in the same place, and we always try new restaurants or we do cookouts, and, and so it's more social, which is interesting because I would say that that's my hobby. Um, it really is connecting with people. I mean, dinners, dinner parties just one-on-one getting together with friends is my favorite thing to do. I probably do that two or three times a week. And that's my most favorite thing to do. No, that <laughs> and is... it could be a walk. It could be a hike. <laughs> it could be, it could be, you know, we're going to play whirly ball with a group of people next week and, um, and also dinners. 
No, that is great. And, and you know, here's, here's a through line that I'm noticing from your sharing. One is that family and community is oh, so important yes. to you. Yeah. And anything that you do is kind of like you have those two elements as a consistent uh, pattern or a theme in your activities that you do. So that's so great. Uh, the next question is, uh, what is your definition, uh, having experienced the ebb and flow of life, having made a difference in lives of so many people in the communities and in your own life, at this point in your life, what is your definition of success and how would you define greatness? Oh, okay. Success. Um, it really is being unstoppable. And what I mean by that is, you know, never giving up, um, embracing challenges, embracing failure, um, you know, utilizing your community to support you when you need it, when you're down, when things aren't going well, and just never giving up. That's how I would define success. And then my definition of greatness. Well, I would, I guess I would say, you know, if, if you or if I interviewed, you know, 10 people, you know, would they say I'm great? So it's kind of the in the view of other people, what difference am I making with other people so that they're left with a life that they love, they're left empowered, they're left with their greatness, then has me experience my greatness. Oh, wow. I like that. I really like that. Being unstoppable and uh, and then, uh, you know, having giving the presence of greatness uh, to somebody else, bestowing that greatness to someone else. I yeah. mean, that's that's really amazing. Uh, Moving on to a next section, and this is uh, the section uh, where we get some questions from our audience. And the first question I have for you here is, uh, what stops people uh, from achieving their fullest potential in your view? Usually a past decision that's undistinguished, like the one I gave around when I was seven. Um. And it usually also wraps up into some fa- some failure that you don't want to repeat again. So you, you know, you say to yourself, oh, I'm never going to do that again. And then you don't. Um, you know, so that those are the two things. No, that's great. And it's, uh, so how would you recommend somebody interrupt that programming, if you will? Yeah, well, um, first you got to recognize it and again this is this is the methodology of the landmark forum so i use the the these tools daily um uh so i'm not gonna speak from that that's where i've got that's where i got that training um so you've got to find you got to figure out what that decision is you could go back i guess you could look and go back and see because there's typically a repeated you'll see a repeated pattern whether it's you know for me as an example you know, when I first came to K-Force, I was actually in a manager role. And as you can see now, it's 20 years later, I'm not. Because that, I had a failure my first seven months of being in a manager role. And so I asked to be, I asked to step out of management, which 10 years previous at uh, at Marriott, I was a manager. So I stepped out of management because I failed. Now, it's interesting. I recognized, I recognize now that I'm not, I've never asked to be, become a manager. And I can see that kind of past decision is still there to some degree, like the failure of, I'm not going to get into management because it's too difficult and it doesn't work. And I'm much more successful as a salesperson. And you can justify anything. And I'm very happy as a salesperson. But, but that decision is still at play with me in not taking on a manager role. And I've been asked a number of times and I've um, been very clear with all of the the people around me that I don't want to. So they stopped asking, which I think is interesting. (laughs) So does that make sense? It does. It does. It's about like noticing and distinguishing what's in the way from the past. And and you can see a pattern that uh, can get repeated. And uh, that's how you uh, can make a powerful, empowering choice. That is that something that uh, you want to continue with that same pattern, and what the impact of that's going to be, and right. then, uh, you know, what's the new uh, story that you can create for your life, which is empowering. Uh, right. Very good. Oh, this is great. And then uh, the next question for you is: uh, 
you know, what is the best book that you've read? I know uh, you like reading books. Your parents uh, are were high educators. And uh, so what are some of the books that you've read or workshops or seminars that you would recommend for our audiences? Yeah, I read this great book. I just had to laugh. Oh, there we go. Um, it's called You're a Badass mm. by Jen Sincero. I want to get mm. the, her name right, Jen Sincero. And I am not a big reader at all, so I had to get a book on tape. <laughs> and um, and it's been really, that's been really fun. Partly it's just getting, for myself, getting your greatness. You know, mm. that's what I've got from that book. Just the simplicity of things that we do to wipe ourselves out. So got it. And yeah. I will include that in the show notes. And then uh, any leadership uh, seminars, workshops that you could recommend for our audience? Well, I all the landmark programs, I, you know, I, I would always recommend them, you know, landmark forum and the advanced course. And of course, the program I lead self-expression and leadership program really shows you how to make a huge difference in a community. And I'll probably always leave that program because of the difference that I get to make in my own communities, too. That is great. And then uh, the next question is, uh, and let's say this is a, you know, we have a time machine here and uh, it's a hypothetical question. And if we could go back, Krista, in time and talk to your younger self, like a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old Krista, what advice would you give her? Wow, that's a great question. Man, I would tell her to stop being so hard on herself. Yeah, my 20s were really tough. Um, And to just lighten up. Mm. Forgive yourself. Have some more fun. Stop being so tough on yourself. Lighten up and not work so hard. Mm. That's great. That's awesome. And then wraps up our section of uh, uh, the questions from our audience. And then we're going to move on to our next section, which is the rapid fire round. In this section, I'm going to ask you a bunch of uh, quick questions. And it's the first response that comes to your mind. And of course, if you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so again. But this is the rapid fire round. So Krista, are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. All right. So the first (laughs) question I have for you is, what's your favorite color? Orange. Hmm. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> yes. If God exists, can she be trusted? Yes. What is your favorite word? Anything. Hmm. Tell me something that is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Something that is true that almost... And we could come back to it. Yeah, okay, you... we'll come back to that. <laughs> Whose brain would you like to pick? Oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Whose brain would you like to have had? Oh, Einstein. Mm. If you could be successful in another profession, which would you choose? Uh, the medical profession. Mm. Yeah. What is the greatest work of art in your view? The greatest, well, it'd have to be one of my sister-in-law's um, uh, paintings. Mm. Yeah. That's great. And the single most valuable thing you've learned in life? Oh my gosh, the single most valuable. It actually is to give yourself grace and mm. forgiveness. I like that. Give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. That is excellent. And then uh, the next and last question uh, before we go back to the previous one, which is uh, if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Um. Let's see, something like if, if not, well, if not, if if not you, who, and if not now, when? That's great. I like that. That's been one of my favorites. And then uh, do you want to take a shot again at the previous one? Tell me something that is true that almost nobody agrees with you on. And just to give you an example of some of the guests who have answered it, we had Neil Chazen here on the show uh, a few Uh weeks ago. And uh, when I asked him this question, he said, Arsenal, which is a football team, he says it's the best team in the world, but nobody agrees with him on that. <laughs> I true that no one. I no one. We'll, I uh, just don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll pass. <laughs> okay, we'll pass great. on that. All right. So now moving on to our final section here. It's the wrap-up section, and I have three questions for you. What is your current personal or business passion project that you're looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now? Um, well, it's the it's part of it's the Wonder Woman Unite event that's happening, and um, 
and then also, you know, just continuing to support Scott. Um, he's got a number of different projects around health and well-being and healing from the inside out. I would say that. What was the next question? No, that is great. Yes, okay. And then uh, the next question is uh, the three things you're grateful for in life today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I am really grateful for my parents and the just the example um, that they've set and, and the support that they've provided. Um, I'm also, I'm also grateful for our, just our being on this planet, like the opportunity to, to make a difference, um, with, for as much as I can while I'm here, um, and to get connected to my passion. So that's the second thing. And then, what am I grateful for? I'm also, and I'm grateful for Scott. I'm just grateful for the, the partnership that we have and, and what we're able to accomplish together. You know, there's really more, available in a partnership than there is as a single person. I'm really seeing that newly with him. That's uh, beautiful and very inspiring. Uh, This really has been excellent. And is there anything else that I may not have asked that you would like to include? Mm -mm. Okay. So I just want to acknowledge you, Krista, for a few things here. One is that, uh, you know, when I talk to you or when I'm in your presence, one thing that really resonates with me is how much of a selfless person you are. Because your life has been a journey uh, of dedication to others, be it your family, be it the community, be it Scott. And this is really an example of what selfless service looks like. And I'm in really in awe of that because not many people have that capability and the capacity to do it day in and day out the way you do it. So it's really incredible. And the second thing is just your incredible passion for listening to people's greatness, bringing out the best in people and uh, allowing them to shine so that they can uh, go multiply and pay it forward. So that's such a beautiful thing that you're doing. And uh, you're such a amazing uh a uh, person with incredible grace. So I'm really, really glad that I've got to know you and uh, uh, I'm so honored to call you my friend. So mm, thank you great. again. Yeah, thank you so much, Cal. My pleasure. And then one final question, and this is how we wrap up all our interviews, and that is, why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? Oh, wow. Well, because of the wisdom that we all have. In fact, this just this just this interview had me look at my life in in places that I hadn't for a while. So it got it like reconnected me to how I got to be where I am today. And I now have an interest in hearing other people's stories. So um that's it. It's just it did it let's get the wisdom from other people. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate our time together today and uh really uh enjoyed your uh, honest and authentic and candid answers and for those of us listening with that we'll wrap it up and if you like what you heard please share don't be shy thanks for listening to the wisdom of friends show with cal aras if you like what you just heard we hope you'll pass along our web address theglobalcontribution.com to your friends and colleagues be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes this has been a seven symphonies production join us next time for another edition of the wisdom of friends